this ramtastic episode of the full nerd dell's angry memory am5 only with ddr5 question mark <laughs> and that's it okay <laughs> sorry i thought you had more <laughs> Welcome to episode 214 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the horizontal and vertical. Uh, I'm, I'm here, and I'm also repping a uh, friend of the show, Showback Tech. I got, I got one of their jerseys. I got, I got my name on it. Nice. With, with my number, 82. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. You should pick it up. And maybe some Full Nerd merch. Uh, I, I feel like I'm... I'm, I'm not good at pimping that we have our own merch. Uh, you know, I tried to for a little bit there, and then then I I kind of f- keep forgetting about it. But yeah, we we've got cool merch. We we got smooth shirty, smooth thirty shirts up now. Oh. We, we've got got lots of cool designs. So smooth go check them out 30. and go get a jersey. Showback tech. Uh, yeah, but we're we're here to talk about Ram. It's a Ramtastic day. Yeah, there is a ton it's of Ram memory. talk. It does feel like the entire news cycle has everything about Ram today. But uh, well, it was funny because I mean, the, what a couple of weeks ago we had uh, sh- a show about like power, like it was all like power supply stuff. Like I feel like we're almost doing like component based shows. <laughs> it does, and it was just really the timing of it all, you know, yeah. because you know you had ATX three O, you had all that, but now suddenly you've got you know Dell has this controversial new memory controversial i i i hate to use because it it's it's a made-up controversy gordon you you should you should use the real word it's proprietary yes (laughs) i mean you know we had a question about it last week in fact before we talked to Mm -hmm. dell so that just kind of tells you how people were activated on already because there was to wind this back uh maybe early last week there was a report that uh based on a leak of Dell's new precision laptop which by the way is now out the 7770-7770 it's a you know mobile workstation big hot hungry 55 watt uh Intel CPU they don't even say what the CPU is but clearly it's the 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 uh rumored Alder Lake HX, which is supposedly having a eight core, eight core mix, so eight P, eight E. But nobody cared about nice. that. They were all they were all incensed over the new memory, and it's called CAM. And uh, I, the actual name of it is Compression Attached Memory Module. And the reason the internet was activated was uh, Dell's new memory would be proprietary. So if I want to buy new memory for my laptop. I could only buy it from Dell at an inflated price. Yeah, so D- Dell's becoming the new Apple. Like Apple, yeah. except mm-hmm. you can change the memory. But let's not even overlook that. It would be only be able to buy it from Dell proprietary. Why can't they just use Sodims? It's worked so well for the last 24 years. There's no reason to change a 24-year-old technology. Also, why can't mm-hmm. you why can't you swap out your GPU? You know, there's there's Mm-hmm. There's uh, laptops you can swap out the GPU, a socketable CPU. Why not go all the way? Yeah, and Dell tried that too, right? DGFF. Mm-hmm. But so, in fact, that's a great kickoff point because this, what Dell is, I talked to Dell last week. We have a story on PCWorld.com, what's going on with Cam. And, you know, obviously, no surprise, the internet uh, and its hot takes was wrong again. Uh, this isn't. And I will say it's not a proprietary in air quotes because it's not necessarily proprietary. Uh, Dell basically said we were looking at where uh, mobile workstations are going because this is going to start for mobile workstations. Obviously, it'll leak down to uh, it'll get down to gaming laptops if it goes anywhere. 
But they said, we see within a generation that you're going to hit a real, <laughs> real a wall because sodium simply cannot support the higher clocks of newer memory, heavier loads, uh, higher clocks of next generation memory. So they went to back and they said, let's, let's try to redraw this entire memory subsystem of sodium and redesign it to make it better, to make it thinner, to make it uh, give you uh, better signaling. And they came up with CAM, the compression attached memory module, which you can look at. You want to, why don't we show the, the side by side one, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the first Adam? one, the yeah, uh, that that has the whoa, whoop, wrong one. There we go. So Adam's pulling up an image of of the memory uh, for audio listeners. Unfortunately, can't see it, but basically, it's a side by side of four conventional sodiums next to a cam module, and that cam module is very flat. Uh, you know, the push that works on everybody is like, oh, look how much thinner it is because it's fifty percent thinner with a cam module with one hundred twenty eight gigs. Versus a a four sodium setup, which you know if you've ever seen it, if you're looking at the picture, it looks like a sandwich, right? Like a like a what the heck are those? The triple decker sandwiches? It's very thick. Club sandwiches. Club sandwiches. Well, it looks like a club sandwich, and that's just how thick it is, just because you've got all those modules stacked up. So you know, cam is obviously thinner, but the other big change is you move away from the sodium connector. Which let's see. Uh, why don't we do the exploded view? Okay. So for conventional sodiums, as you know, it's been the same uh, literally since the late 1990s. You take a memory module, you put it in at a slight angle till it's you know uh, firmly in place. Then you push it down, and locks down with tabs. Um, that system has carried us from you know late 1990s memory to you know I'm probably like. To, to today, to DDR5, you can still get brand new laptops with sodium DDR5. Well, if you look at how CAM is, though, it's a completely different take. So the green layer is your motherboard. Then you get this little sort of compression connector, which is that little pad. And it is a very dense connector, whereas sodiums, you know, you, you're thinking of conventional dim, you know, bus, those little fingers that poke into it. This is yep. all of these will poke into just one edge connector not edge connector because that's what you'd use in a, in a sodium but it plugs into this one connector on the cam module and so all the memory is populated on this board and then you get this little these this very dense um section of pins so uh the main reason you would want to do this is let's go to why don't we do the first one of that so will that side the patent like yeah. yeah. So, I mean, clearly you can make it thinner, but the real big difference here between uh, cam setup and tr conventional sodiums is look, so the, on the, this is from Dell's patent on it that they filed for it two years ago, Tom Chanel, uh, the designer behind that, talked to him on Friday. Uh, you can see the traces for sodium, right? So those wires have to go out from the CPU across the motherboard into the, the sodium uh Mounting system up through the sodium mounting system into each of the sodiums. It's just, it's very long versus now you look at the bottom on the bottom right. It looks like you basically have uh, the, the traces come out of the CPU. It comes out a little bit to the motherboard. It goes into that little compression connector and then it's basically right into the memory. So what Dell is saying, like you're talking, you know, maybe one and a half inches on cam versus 
three inches typically on a on a, on a laptop with sodiums. And that might not sound like a bunch to people who don't know how these things work, but that kind of space savings with the traces and the wiring and stuff like that is huge when it comes to performance and power. Yeah, and then also uh, remember memory is a parallel bus, so you got to run a lot of wires and you got to run them all the same length because you can't have the signals arrive at the wrong times. Uh, that would that's what Rambus could have done, but you know, pour one out for Rambus. Uh, and you basically, it's a pain because you've got now all these this big bunch of wires. You've got to, if you look at your your desktop motherboard, you'll see some motherboards where you get to the RAM and it just takes these crazy long loops because they have to make sure that those traces are the same length as the other traces. So if you're going to the middle of the module, that wire still has to be the same length as the one at the end of the module. So now you've got to add all this extra length. You're playing with all these extra wires, all this extra trace, and you're just adding a huge signal. Um, you're adding more noise. You're just going to use more power. Uh, Dell says basically uh, an example of, even though they're say, look, sodium will work now. It will work. But even now they say there can be some issues. So uh, one issue they cited was, a 64 gigs, so if you have up to 64 gigs in a laptop, you know, two SODIMs, you're fine for up to uh, DDR5 4800. If you load it up with 128 gigs, which is what a lot of mobile workstation people really want because they have a need for all that RAM, the, RAM, the memory now uh, on a 12th gen CPU is DDR5 uh, 4000. <laughs> so you're giving up a significant amount of memory bandwidth essentially because <clears throat> sodium can't really handle well sodium with a 12th gen and the memory bus everything fully loaded just really can't handle it so they're saying that's in in a cam design 128 gigs they could push ddr5 4800 no problem that's a huge difference like, like there's a reason this is being rolled out these are like business workstation laptops first there's the exact reason for this yeah, and then also the reasons, of course, Dell will say, look, it's not proprietary because, and this is the thing that, that activates everybody, is like, one, we came up with this design, we have our patents on it, but we're going to, you know, we are working with memory makers to make this memory to fit into these um, CAMs, into the CAM connectors, their CAM modules. So in the future, if you buy a Precision 770 laptop and you want to upgrade it, you could just go buy that memory from your you know, typical memory maker, you know, that is supporting it. Dell says they have, you know, they are working with multiple memory makers. So it is not simply them saying, Hey, we are going to make memory. And then you are going, you are going to, we're going to contract out with the maker to sell us this memory. And then you can only buy the memory through us. They're like, go buy it from somebody else. Dell does not want to be in the memory business. Basically. They just want to enable higher performance in these workstation laptops. And the other thing is they're going to go to JETIC. So right now, JETIC, if you don't know, is like a USB IF or any of the big organizations that, that blesses all standards. They're now taking this this to get before the JETIC board. Hey, here's what it is. Here's what it is. They're going to try to make this into a standard, and hopefully everybody will adopt it. So it is not Dell just simply making proprietary memory just to make proprietary memory and, and sell you memory at higher cost through Dell. But, you know, obviously reality is initially you'll probably only be able to get memory through Dell, but eventually yep. you'll be able to get it from other companies, hopefully. Assuming JETIC goes well, assuming everything that they're saying goes well. Yeah, and that is the, that is the you know, you get before JETIC and you don't know if 
everybody's going to accept it. It could fail. Um, in fact, I think what's interesting, oh, I didn't give you the, I guess, oh, I didn't give you the interposer image. Do we want to see the interposer? Ah, yeah. So in these precision laptops, they actually, it will initially come out with the CAM modules, but they will also have a an interposer. So it's a sodium interposer that basically you take that existing CAM connector. It's a small interposer, daughter card. You slap in uh, four sodiums and then you put it into that. So it will actually run, you know, standard sodium modules, obviously probably at a lower clock than what you're going to get out of a CAM. But you, you, it's not. Even in that in that laptop itself, it's not going to be you know so called proprietary because you will be able to get it eventually. Order it with sodiums if you want it, or with cams. I don't know if they're going to be offering upgrades, but as Brad said, I think the problem is you get the Jetic, you know, and designed by committee is designed by committee, and it may not be the same thing. On the other side, you may have some members that maybe they were working on something, so. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we got our thing we're working on, and we're going to try to make that happen. And we know how much fun that is because they've invested, you know, a ton of money in R and D. So they think their thing is better. They're going to want to push it. Then you have the, you have Blu-ray versus I can't remember what HD the HD DVD, HD DVD all over again. Yeah. You're going to have that 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 headache. I think the good the news. The worst thing I ever bought for my Xbox. <laughs> oh no, I got it for like thirty bucks. It was great. <laughs> yeah, HD DVD. Yeah, it was like a, you just attach it to your console. Like it, once it died, it went on fire sale. So I, I went to like oh. uh, I think it was like Fry's. And yeah, I, I got it for like thirty bucks, and then like each disc was like two bucks or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean standards are standards bodies are like that, right? Because you have every company that will always be pushing its own agenda. They have the view into what they're doing, what their plans are. And they may not, they may go like, Hey, you know what? We're going to try our own thing. Cause we're not going to throw it away. Or we think we could do better. I'm sure Dell, if no other company does it, then they may say, Hey, path of least resistance. Let's adopt this become yeah. standard. Yeah. I was going to ask you, but yeah, well, what's, what's the best case scenario? How, how do you think this plays out? Best case. I think the best case scenario is, you know, um, I know everybody thinks all the companies hate each other, but at the end of the day, they all very much coexist in the same universe. Um, I think best case is everybody says, yeah, hey, that's cool. Let's just do it. You know, but that, of course, is that to me, I don't think that's what will happen. I I would imagine Dell will but, but go. Does that look like, does that mean we, we get, you know, cheaper laptops, thinner laptops, you know, like everybody adopts this thing and they're going to be faster RAM? Uh, like, it, Yeah, it'll be everything. It'll be well, one. I mean, but, you know. Again, two sodiums and DDR5 is up to 4,800, 64 gigs. Average consumer is not going to run 64 gigs in a even a high-end gaming laptop. Mm-hmm. Most It'll be 32 gigs for most people. Yeah. There are some 64-gig builds, but 64 is up to 128 with sodiums. I think longer term, it gets us – you have to transition over. It doesn't go overnight, so there will be you know a new standard if it's adopted. The cost will be more expensive, but again – I don't care because Shell is paying for it, and if they got the money, what do I care, right? I just send it to, <laughs> I just send my expense report in, like whatever. So wait, so you, you're saying this is more for like the high end? You think Sodims will stay around for like low end? Initially, yeah, because the cost associated with CAM and the fact that really there's still plenty of life in it for consumer, you know, yep. builds makes. If you are an OEM, and you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to do it because it's just, it costs me money for nothing. I get nothing for it. Are you going to give me credit? Are you going to have this video and on your unboxing video where you give me credit for running a cam module? Or are mm-hmm. you going to like complain because I'm 10 more dollars in the other laptop that doesn't have it? So you will obviously, you know where that goes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, so, so what's, what's the worst case scenario then? Nobody adopts it. Yeah. Dell worst- is just stuck with proprietary well i think there's so i think there's there's a there's a best case scenario which i think is unlikely which is like hey we all love you kumbaya let's now let's go out and (laughs) let's go have a beer i think that's unlikely i think the worst case scenario is dell goes oh look at this we got our cam and then like hp and lenovo we got we got m cam and now we got our cam right and it's just like everybody's (laughs) got their own designs like oh well we're not gonna and then it's just like a fist fight for a couple years and you get truly truly you know, proprietary, semi-proprietary modules as they all kind of duke out a, a fight for a standard. I think that's sort of like worst case scenario. Best case scenario is like everybody loves each other and gives each other hugs at the end. I think more realistically, what happens is, is Dell comes up and say, hey, we're going to look at this. I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. We think we should do this to the standard. And then, and then it's the whole standard thing it was like, okay, first, before we decide this critical, uh, design, uh, choice that's you know that's going to have the entire industry industry uh let's figure out what we're gonna do for lunch so i want to go to mcdonald's i want to go to burger king (laughs) and it's like okay we'll discuss cam after we can figure out lunch and then you know so then it's like oh it's already five okay we'll shelve it you know that's rule by committee you half of it's just spent fighting over lunch so i think what'll happen is everybody will have some input there will be like Maybe some of the DRAM makers or module makers say, well, we think this should be changed because they sort of have their own, you know, roadmaps. And then probably what will happen is it'll, if, if the other laptop makers come out and say, yeah, okay, we'll do it, but we need to modify it because this or this or this. Cam could come out potentially not looking quite like Cam. So it might be mm-hmm. slightly different, but it would be a uniform standard. You know, the problem, of course, then is if you're a triple seven O precision buyer and you have a cam module and you have the non-standard Ram that was, it's like a, it's like a, Oh my God. It's like the wireless draft. It's like, Oh, it's 802.11 in draft. What does that mean? It's not ready yet. Wait, what do you mean? You sold me a router and it's not ready. Yeah. It's, you know, could change. Well, I'll be up to upgrade my draft router to the final one. Like, yes, by buying a new one. And that, that is the problem that we always have in the industry. But in the end, probably it'll be slightly different. I think likely it'll probably be cam, a little different. Um, modified cam. Modified M- cam. M cam. M cam. You know, in that case, it you know, early adopters, it kind of sucks. But again, realistically, you're, you're Chevron oil and you are buying a, you know, $10,000 workstation. You're buying, you know, hey, give me. Give me five hundred of these ten thousand dollar workstation laptops for my workforce. Yep. Go out and to make me billions of dollars. What do I care? You know, it, you mean just go you, end you, life you, you mean possible. for the bleeding edge? That's not the bleeding edge. Okay, so but but we're not talking about like the. I mean, a lot of people here, you know, yeah. are buying their own laptops. Like that's yeah. For consumers, you basically you'll probably end up at the end with a gaming laptop with whatever the the finalized cam standard is. Whatever if they do adopt it, that'll probably be what it'll be. Hmm. And then you get this kind of weird, you know, pre-standard, you know, pre-adoption. That is a possibility. I think that could happen. Also, I do want to make another few interesting pitches for it because I it's... Well, real quick, actually, we got a $5 super chat from a friend of the show, super friend of the show, VC Jester, said uh, you're forgetting a worst, worst case scenario. I was going to bring this up, too. 
Dell pushes further in the future, and we have Dell OS and Dell Island. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to. Just kidding. Uh, that's that's his joke. I I I would say worst worst case scenario is we're talking about soldering RAM, right? I mean, there are yeah that that could be a possible feature. Is yeah. like, hey, you know what? Forget forget about all this user replaceable stuff. We go soldered. Yeah, that I mean, that's actually worst case. And then actually, the worst 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 case scenario is you know all the PC makers adopt kind of come up with their own versions of replaceable memory at the very high end. That'd and, be the worst. And then what happens is they continue that fight, and then DDR6 shows up. DDR6 is not going to play well with, you know, or if if you believe Dell, what Dell's saying, it's not going to play well with with uh, SODIMs. So you come to the end of the road for SODIM, and then we're just all left, like, in a standoff with, with each other. That is extremely unlikely because people, they realize you don't want to fight over that kind of stuff to where you, like, you suck and you let companies like Apple show up because they don't worry about standards. That's exactly mm-hmm. the great re- the world that Apple lives in. They don't have to worry about it. They're outside above everything. They do everything, whatever they want in their, in their customers buy it because they don't care about it. Right. And oftentimes uh, Apple will make up its, they'll, they'll take a pre standard that everybody's talking about and they'll run with it just to get ahead of everybody with like, look at their, their SSDs. They were years ahead of everybody on SSDs. Cause everybody's like, well, we need a uniform standard for SSDs. Like Dell's like, our Apple's like, what do we care? We'll just do our own thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, what about your problem. people that need to upgrade later? <laughs> we don't care about them. They can upgrade by buying a new one of our computers. And that is exactly, that's exactly what enables Apple to do that. And it's a great, it's a great marketing tool, right? Cause what do they got to worry about it? So, uh, and I do want to point out again, so the other thing that's, I think, um, shouldn't be lost on this cam standard, which is kind of cool. There's a negative too, is it can be more reliable because you don't have four different connectors. You know, you've had, I've had sodiums pop out before because, you know, they're basically held on by two plastic retention clips on the end. Mm. They can, if you drop your laptop or you drop the bag hard enough, it may just pop out. So you only have one connector. It's screwed down, so it's not going to come loose. It's just it doesn't have that physical chance of jostling loose. And then sodium in a four sodium configuration, you've got four of those that could potentially pop out. I personally think that's more of a of a reliability issue for sodium. So you know, cam is is mounted in place. And also the other thing about cams is they're like, look, um, it's so this the contacts. If you look into um, if the other side basically has a large contact patch, very similar to what you would look, what you would see on the bottom of an LGA uh, CPU. It's like the bottom of an yep. Intel CPU. Those fingers dig into it, and then it's screwed down, and it's actually sandwiched between this. And there's a layer that holds it in place. You're if you are in a very humid environment, you know, the humidity actually does affect the electronics inside. You know, it's it's less likely to affect a cam design than a sodium because sodium is open air. So you're not going to get maybe a little bit of corrosion, some oxidation on, on that laptop because of its cam. Although you, clearly, if you've got that much humidity inside the laptop, other things are going to break. But cam uh-huh. does uh, is offers improvement there. And then also for uh, if you're going to upgrade, it actually kind of is a plus because we've seen plenty of designs now where. Remember, even if you're doing a typical gaming laptop and you have to have. Um, a very thin body. You have a sodium. You have so you have two sodiums. You got to mount into a tiny footprint, and basically because you can't you can't spare the space, the actual real estate on the bottom of the board. They take that second module 
and they sometimes will mount it on top, either permanently soldered, or sometimes even they will take that, they will mount a sodium uh, slot on the top of that motherboard, and then the other one's on the bottom, which is all fun until you need to get to that sodium that's on the inside, and nobody really wants to pull the motherboard out just to change that memory module. With a CAM module, it's the whole thing. We could show that last one, Adam. Uh, which one? It's the one that has all four oh, uh, yeah. CAM okay. modules. So that shows 16, a uh, 32, 64, and a 128. And actually, I screwed the scale up on the ones on the left because they're actually significantly smaller because I should have matched the holes with it. It's They're actually quite a bit smaller. I actually matched the entire uh, width of the module with the others. The 16 and 32 gig modules are, are quite a bit smaller uh, than the 128 gig and the 64 gig. But for a laptop, again, you just simply swap the whole module out. You don't have to like this. Each of these has two channels, so you don't have to deal with multiple modules. So you don't have to deal with mother, you know, again, um, if you're building a really, really thin and small gaming laptop and you would put in 32 gigs, uh, a lot of times what they're doing is they're soldering on 16 and the second 16 might be in a module, might be soldered, you know, that's kind of a bummer because now you've got this, you know, asymmetric setup where if you upgrade your memory, the other module can't be upgraded, so it's you have you know, less capacity on a single channel. This is all in you know one deal. You 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 take it out, you replace it. You don't have to worry about the other module that they're doing in a lot of these small gaming laptops. The negative is, obviously, if you have 16 gigs in your gaming laptop and you want to go to 32 gigs, if you have a 16 gig CAM module, you throw away the, well, you remove the original 16 gigs, you put in a 32 gig. So you don't really yep. get to like if you had a traditional sodium, you could like piecemeal. Add you could a couple sticks. You yeah. could have a sixteen, and then you add a second one. Now you have thirty-two. So this is worse for the environment. No, because uh, most people will not take this, grind it up, and pour it into the ocean. They will. <laughs> they will either. They will usually sell it on eBay, right? So it actually can be better because now if you buy your your used module on on uh, on eBay, that benefits you. I I do not advocate grinding it up and I don't know feeding it to some. Um, bald eagle somewhere just to see the fun and, and to see uh, the uh, park service arrest you with a federal felony for messing with that bald eagle. Don't do that, folks. No, that's Please it's just, but it, it really, you know, the, but, it, you know, piecemeal, you know, uh, I like that whole piecemeal design sometimes, but even there, people will get angry because I remember some of the original laptops that had soldered memory, they'd be in single channel mode and you had an open sodium to add more memory. You know, the idea is like, oh, you can add the memory to get to 32 later if you want to. And then people were like, oh, my God, you're killing me performance because you're selling me a gaming laptop in single channel mode. Why don't you give me dual channel mode? They're like, well, because you only want to pay for 16 gigs. That means I have to populate two 8 gig modules. And then for you to go to 32 gigs, you then, well, I mean, you know, it's the same thing. You're tossing those two 8 gig modules. Mm -hmm. so. But I, uh, for me... This is all interesting. For me, I have a couple like meta takeaways from this. One being, y'all make fun of me, but there's a reason we don't chase rumors very often. Like the rumors that came out this week said the Internet Empire, they clearly didn't have the full story. So, you know, there's a reason we don't chase rumors super, super aggressively. Uh, but two, for me, the more interesting thing, since we did just talk about ATX 3.0, uh, kind of fascinating to me how it seems like all of a sudden technology is getting so fast in the PCs that all of a sudden all these 20-year-old technologies that have been around forever we're starting to reach the breaking point like on a bunch of them all at once and i just find that super fascinating hmm. yeah and that's a really good point brad because i i hadn't lined that up but yeah sodium 
I think the first Jeddak reference I saw to it is 1999. Mm -hmm. ATX 2.X, born in late 1990s, too. So (laughs) I guess we're sort of like, oh... You know, you're, we're rolling around in bias ply tires, and yeah. we, got, we got to do something about maybe changes the technology, the basic technology of the PC that there's yeah. should be up. I wonder what it makes you wonder what other things that are in the PC that are just like uh, holding us back. You know, yeah, and, and totally. if you want to expand that even to chips, like the whole Ryzen multi modules and all that stuff, like it's the same kind of ideal getting around, you know, the legacy technology. And it's just a really fascinating time to be mm. interested in PCs. Yeah. Uh, also, friend of the show, VC Jester gave us 10, 10 more dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Said, uh, let's be honest, Gordon. People like you and me will shove that module in a box thinking we'll use it later, but never will. And then it gets trashed in 20 years. No, no. That's not exactly mm-hmm. what happens. Because what happens is you put it in the box on the shelf. And then I swear to God, in 10 years, actually, I will tell you what really happens. Here's what really happens. Now, you're not, you're not getting to the truth of the matter is you put that module into a box. You put it in an old motherboard box or, you know, you put all the, and then, you know, 15 years, 10 years later, you go like, oh, it is just time to just get rid of all this trash. This is like, you, you finally e-waste it, right? So it gets e-wasted. And I swear to God, within one week of you e-wasting that one piece of ancient technology, you will run across someone's like, yeah, you know, I was trying to update my laptop, but they don't make these DDR sodiums anymore. You can't find them anywhere. It's like, oh. <laughs> and that has happened to me so many times. So it really. Without fail. Without fail. But like they wait for you to like they're waiting outside your house. Oh, it's at the e-waste now. Oh, now I'm going to go ask for that thing. <laughs> That's what really happens. Yeah, so try sure. to keep that old hardware as long as possible. That's what I say. <laughs> if, if you can. Uh, so you end up on Silicon, the, the hoarders of Silicon Valley. <laughs> this is an AGP card, sir. Where do you think you're going to plug it in? I have AGP cards. But. Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah. And, would, and yeah. Anything else to, to cover on this, I guess? Uh, no. You know, I clearly, I, and it's a, it's a good example of, as Brad said, like people get immediately activated and whatever and get angry. And just because proprietary, it's just that it's just that red flag that sets everybody off. But yeah, like, like ATX is not proprietary, but there are, you got to let go of the old stuff sometimes, especially where we're seeing like legitimately the reason why ATX 3.0 was created was because all the modern graphics cards are just kind of like really taking advantage of these very, very short boost uh, transients that, you know, that the a 20-year-old standard cannot hold up to. So you're going to move yep. to that. Even ATX VO, ATX 12VO, which, you know, again, there's a lot of really upsides to ATX 12VO, but everybody's like, no, I don't want my motherboard to, to have add more complex. And that is the kind of things that it, it's great because the PC is this big open tent. And then it's really bad because when you get folks like Apple, like we got the M1 because they could take everything and literally throw it away, redesign everything and tell the entire tribe to buy the new thing because that's how they fix it. And their entire tribe, I don't want to get to the point where like throw everything away to buy something new. That is not any model we should follow because that's not the way we've lived. But we got to move a little bit. There's got to be a little movement. So, uh, you know, I, I, oh, go ahead, Brett. I will just say that 
obviously you're probably pretty caught up after listening to this here, but even if you've listened to this whole segment, I would recommend going to reading Gordon's article because it's fantastic. Like it lays out everything step by step, super readable way. But he actually talked to like the engineers and product managers behind it and hearing them all this stuff in their own words is super fascinating. So I just really enjoyed reading it this morning more than I do most articles on the internet. So go check it out if you haven't. You know, it's interesting. A friend of the show, Tech with Sean, brings up a good point. Uh, let's be honest. It's just because it's Dell. You know, and, and, I, and a lot of people are talking about Steve's video about the Alienware thing. You know, like what if well, I, I, I do wonder if it, this was HP coming out with this, like no, what, how the response would be a little different. I think it's the same because there there's just simply disdain for large companies and the way they do things. And I think that of honestly, I'm, I think it's very misplaced because um, and I I understand it. I thought the same thing. Very, very early. I thought the same thing 20 years ago because if you are an enthusiast and you want the absolute best, you want everything at 11, you want just absolute perfection, that is great for a hobbyist willing to pay the money for whatever it is you're buying. That is not the reality. And that is also what people really need to understand is it is not the reality when you have to scale to the amount of computers that large PC companies make. Uh, making your one really cool thing or even a hundred or even a thousand is one thing. Multiply that, take that out to 10 million. And that is a whole different world. Every person that is sitting on that line that is slowly assembling a computer is you can see there's an accountant standing right behind them, just tapping their feet and with their arms crossed going, this is costing us money. Why can't you make this faster? It's like, well, because people want this to look pretty, well, like the accountant's going to go, I don't care. You're just costing us money. And there's, you know, there, it's a very different world that you live in at that point. So I think people got to understand that. And I, I, I do think, yeah, I think all OEMs face it because all OEMs, it's, they are different. They have a different class of customer, you know, and again, I think I've said this before. You have to also respect, I can respect a beautifully restored 67, Camaro. It's just like, mom, this is just beautiful. That somebody has basically spent every weekend for the last 10 years of their life making everything absolutely perfect. And that's one thing. But I also respect the engineering that goes into making the worst car that GM and Toyota makes because they are taking something and scaling this thing to making, you know, 250,000 cars and still making a profit on it. That in itself is something to be respected. And yeah, would I take a 67 Camaro or a 2022 Tercel? You know, I'm going to take the Camaro, but I respect the, I can't just go, oh my God, this is terrible. Yes, it's terrible for me because it's a lousy budget car, but I can't just like poo on this and not also go like the amount of business engineering and scaling that takes to make that car you have to respect just as much as you respect the person who spends a thousand hours to work on their pc or their their car mm. that's my little stump mm-hmm. uh steel skin friend of the show steel skin 667 uh one past the devil says uh really the issue is that dell is doing it with ddr5 when there is a perfectly good connector already made for it on the other hand cam might inspire whatever connector is uh, specified for uh, laptop ddr6 so maybe they're coming in too soon. What do you mean? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't get like that. Like Sodim, yeah. Oh, well, like so, like Sodim is not a problem right well, now. 
Right. Well, I, I think that that makes a point that it does. Cause if you are getting these workstations, remember that this come, this is coming out in a workstation part for a reason. Uh, if you are looking to get 128 gigs of RAM with full memory bandwidth capacity, like you can't do that with Sodium's how it is now, mm. according to what Dell's saying here. Uh, so this is already like, if you are need that need, this is already scratching that itch. Mm. Yeah. And you, you know, again, you, the worst thing is to wait until the very last minute to try to do something brand new. Cause I can tell you it's a disaster. If you do that, oftentimes yeah. standards are laid out years and years of advance. You know, everybody works together, every PC maker, including Apple, Apple's actually still somewhat, they're part of a lot of these organizations. Everybody, they don't want to just totally, you know, step on each other's toes all the time. They are working on this. And this is about the right time, I guess, cause it feels like DDR five will be around for, you know, a few years. years. I mean, they yeah. the RAM makers and Dell have a better insight into when we're going to transition to six. But clearly, I would say I don't think it's too early because you got to start somewhere. And you know, and look, we they started now, and people are still angry. I, I, I don't know. When it's an edge case now, it's like the best time to figure it out, so that when it becomes everybody's problem with DDR six, it's already sort of figured out. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, and maybe we'll. Uh have to loop back around to this there's obviously a whole story to be told over time this is just the beginning yeah you know i, I actually i really think that, like just what brad said just really struck me because i'm thinking the other thing that i i really want to write a column on that it reminded me about is like m.2 mm-hmm. m.2 is like it's, i can't believe that is like what everybody demands because m.2 is so so limited mm-hmm. there is an m.3 connector that's sort of in the talks it's actually based on another you know um server you know uh, spec, you know, very high end, but I'm sure when they come out with that, people were like, no, I want M.2, but like M.2 is just a horrible, horrible way to, to I mean, how stupid is it? And st- think about when you get to a Gen 5 SSD, you've already got these Gen 4 SSDs with like, they, yeah, heat sinks bigger than most CPUs in some of these things. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're just going to like, we're just going to stick with this stupid gum stick that you're going to jam under your graphics card because it's so convenient, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. we could have done U.2, but everybody like, oh, no, we can't do U.2. Mm-hmm. I just like, you know. Keep it moving. Lick it, let go of it, man. Let go of it. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, well, AMD might be letting go of DDR4. Is it is that true, Gordon? Could could AM five only be DDR five? You know, Brad. You know, Paul. Al, Paul Alcorn covered this over at Tom's Hardware. Yep. You want to talk about it? Because I I'm not totally up on what. Uh, that's yeah, sure. About. So Paul over at Tom's Hardware, he's an excellent CPU reviewer, CPU journalist. Like, if you're not familiar with the stuff, you should be. Uh, he put out. Chief suck, Paul. <laughs> he put out an article this week uh, talking about many of these confirmed with several sources, multiple sources, that uh, X670 and B650 AM5 platforms from AMD, so what will support the next-gen Ryzen 7000, I think they're calling it, uh, processors, uh, will only have support for DDR5 memory. So Intel just introduced that with Alder Lake, uh, but they have both DDR4 and DDR5 support. Uh, Paul's report says that when AMD makes the switch, it's going to be all in on DDR5. Uh, and it will also have PCIe 5, so it'll be matching Elder Lake. Uh, but they also, Paul also reported that rather than having different uh, chipsets, like 
right now there's different chipsets for the high-end X70 boards versus the lower ones. Uh, Paul also reported that AMD will be having multiple chips, chipset chips, instead of a bigger chip in the high-end board. So that's also a change. But the, the big eye-opening one is the fact that AMD is supportedly looking at, you know, making it a clean break from DDR4. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think the funny thing with this story is, like, I thought this was already a done deal because we, we've been discussing this for the last couple of days. Like, I thought that I'm pretty sure they said that when they announced, you know, Zen 4. And I, I could find zero proof of anybody ever saying that anywhere from Lenny Talks from AMD. <laughs> kind of like, huh, maybe that's just one of those times where we made the assumption that it would be only DDR5. And, you know, a lot of companies, if you don't ask any questions, they, they will not volunteer that information. So no, I, no. It, that's why I was kind of surprised because I thought it was a done deal. But this sounds like, OK, it really is a done deal. There's there's been a lot of discussion around it because obviously DDR5 pricing through the roof right now. It's been getting tons better since Elder Lake came out. Like DDR5, when it first came out, was just ludicrous. Like there's no reason to do it. Uh now it's getting a little bit more affordable, uh, and but the performance gains at this point, because it's still the early days, are not huge compared to the higher-end DDR4 chips. So a lot of people are like, what are they doing? They're insane. AMD only going DDR5. But AMD's made a lot of noise. Lisa Sue has said, you know, we're hoping that AM5, we're hoping it's a long-term socket just like AM4 has been, which has been awesome. So if you're going to do that, it makes sense for me to come out a year after Intel so they can break the ice with DDR5, start getting those prices coming down, and then base AM5 around DDR5 only so that in the future, we just saw AM4 X370 boards get support for the 5800X. It would be a lot harder to do that if AM5 you bought a DDR4 board and then two or three generations out of line, you want to upgrade to a Ryzen 10,000, but it doesn't support the memory because the mother, everything's on DDR5 now. And the original first gen motherboard that you picked up only had DDR4. Yeah. I kind of, I just, again, I, I sort of assumed that was the way it would be because I, I figure DDR5 will be way more affordable by the mm-hmm. time it comes out in the fall, fallish, everybody kind of speculates it'll be out in the fall. Um, yep. So if you have Zen Four in the fall, that's another you know four four months of of DDR five. Yeah, four with six. Yeah, I mean it'll be quite a few months for DDR five prices to get better. And I always that's why I I kind of have been thinking that <clears throat> APUs, which have always been sort of cost conscious, so they do a Ryzen you know five thousand APU with RDNA two. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the mobile parts moved over into into those boards because those are not high end users that are going to have discrete. And I, it makes sense. I mean, the only negative is you don't have you don't have DDR five for the greater memory bandwidth, which sort of is some of the magic of RDNA two. So does it does it make yeah. sense to do RDNA two and DDR four? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think well, it would still. When we talked, you got to remember when we talked to AMD about uh, these RDNA two GPUs and laptops where they just debuted. They said that we're going all DDR five on these laptops because we need this to have RDNA two work. Like it needs the greater memory bandwidth to get the gains that we see. So again, if they're going to migrate their next gen chips over to AM five, it makes sense to have that plumbing in place. 
Yeah, it just feels like the way the way that makes sense from a business point of view is we see high end Zen four to compete with high end Intel. You know, high end meaning discrete standard discrete GPU builds mm-hmm. for that'll be the battle at the end of this year. But then also at the low end entry level, you push out. Um, you use those same parts going into laptops now if there's enough of them, and you put them into AM four existing AM four products. Then you have a low cost. You know, you know, very decent integrated graphics at the low end. And then next year, then you go, now we're going to introduce, obviously, whatever our future product APUs that will go into the AM5 socket. So it feels like, yep. get why not, we're not, why not reuse those parts to get, you know, more sales this year? Because if you have to wait all the way for DDR5 to become affordable, it seems like a long time for the current APUs to carry you, especially when they could, mm. they could use a bump. Mm. We'll see. We'll see because I suspect that Ryzen 5000 and AM4 will stick around as the budget option. I wouldn't be surprised if AMD goes that route. Uh, but you got to remember that this generation, they transitioned their desktop APUs into premium chips. Like we're used to talking about the Ryzen APUs as being the Core i3s, max Core i5 for 200, 250 bucks. But this generation, the desktop APUs that you can buy, they start at like 270 bucks. And the other one's 350 bucks. And it's so tagged to they Ryzen are more 7. premium chips. Yeah. 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 But I, some of that is also because, I don't know, it, it feels like the they, stuff. at the lower end, they didn't quite have the, the battle they did now i mean intel is yep. is going in you know both with both fists punching so it feels like they they have to get some more competitive parts at that lower end so i don't know yep. i mean we'll have to see i mean this is this is always the fun thing about business and everybody here you know you're sitting at the bar and you're thinking telling you're guessing what people should do but that's the the people who are actually doing it have better inside of the ones that are gonna have to make the choices yeah, well, and, and I'm trying to think of like, okay, so obviously Raptor Lake is gonna, you know, because it's it's still the same, still the same chipset, so it's still gonna be DDR4, DDR5, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but whatever's after Raptor Lake, I, I don't remember what's what's after Raptor Lake. Meteor Lake, I forget. Okay. I forget which is the. That's probably just gonna be DDR5, right? Yeah. I well, it's hard to say. I mean, I think they they would have to base it on how the RAM DRAM situation looks. It may even, it might even be too early then. Mm. You know, because you there's there's a lower cost for people who have money in some places and then you go to, you know, more developing nations where like, you know what, I want to sell a product here. They may, you know, DDR4 just may simply be what they have to do for that. And you know, that is I I can't see them cutting it out that soon. It is possible. Well, but then wouldn't AM5 this year be really early? What do you mean? If AM5 is DDR5 only? Oh, it'll be DDR5 only, but with Ryzen 9 7 fives. So high-end 7,000 parts, not APUs. I know, but but that's what I'm saying. But then Intel, you're saying Intel is going to continue with this. Hey, use DDR4 DDR, or DDR5. Well, because they're... So what Intel... The thing is, Intel, they, they don't want to sell old... I mean, they still have them. They're kind of like end of lifing them. But, you know, you take older parts, those are going away. What Intel would want to do is, you know, your uh, current, because uh, 12th Gen has memory controllers for DDR4 and DDR5. So they can build for many different markets from it. And they can sell 12th Gen CPUs to those markets. 
So they want to just sell one. They don't want to. They don't want to sell two different things. Where it sounds like AMD sort of their stopgap approach is: we do high end AM5 DDR5, and then we have our low end with older, you know, Zen parts with AM4. So, oh, so until, that, but but the, so that or in in that weird middle period, then you'd also get rid of people who maybe buy into it, and then they can't in socket upgrade. Uh, yeah, because it's like, oh, okay, you know, two years from now, if you're looking at Ryzen, you want to go budget. It's still AM4, you know, but there's new AM5 stuff, so yeah, oh, you so kind of get rid of that upgrade, you right? Mean for the people who are always looking, yeah. So what'll happen is those people they're getting on this bus that's gonna is going to be going to nowhere. Yeah, but you know, the best thing is that's a really cheap ride to get to the the nowhere part. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think, and I the think that is, people who tend to buy budget parts don't tend to upgrade their chips. I think very few people tend to upgrade their chips to begin with, but especially people true. who buy budget. I, but yeah. it's a good story, right? I mean, it, you know, we're we're still working on the AM4 <laughs> yeah, video. I, but, I, know, I promise. I, but I mean, that was a, the idea, right? You know, like what they didn't keep around FX as like a budget option. They they threw it aside and said, "Hey, AM4, this is where where we're at for a little bit." I mean, but you know, FX was pretty pretty well worn out by the time <laughs> Ryzen had come out. They they kind of coexisted a little bit. I think, but again, this gets back to our earlier discussion. Think of like AMD. It's like, should we do DDR5 or should we do continue with like, let's do Ryzen 7000 on AM4. Because those people love the upgrades. And, you know, they would march themselves into getting obliterated because they don't have DDR5, right? That's just, it's one of those things like people, yeah, I, it, to me, it's amazing that you can do these old school upgrades. It's really, really, really appealing. But, you're looking at major change to DDR5 and PCIe5. To me, it's worth it. Well, you just got to finally break it. Once in a while, it happens. You can't like expect 10 years of service out of a socket. It's just impossible. So I, I think it's important to point out that Paul's story only talks about X670 and B650 AM5 platforms. Uh, AMD traditionally offers a budget A-tier platform as well. And there is a chance that that platform goes ddr4 right and you know there i think what'll what when we'll finally really know is if there will be ddr4 is when we get to the briefings and believe me some a-hole like me or paul will go like our what's in the memory controller intel's got you know lp4 lp5 ddr5 ddr you know four what's in your memory controller amd's gonna go oh we got ddr4 but you know obviously x670 if they do that, they and it is entirely possible they they have X670 with DDR5, and then as we get into the end of next year when they get you know more budget parts, you get a DDR4 option too for people who do it. So it's it's entirely possible. I I you know and again that is the weird thing like because I had made the assumption that it was a done deal, but um, clearly I was wrong. Paul's story says oh it's definitely DDR5 only, but X670. But yep. for B5, B540 or B550, maybe there will be a DDR4 option, right? They don't, that doesn't say no to it. Yeah, it just, it just feels, it feels messy. Messy in a way that AM4 wasn't. Well, right? I'm sorry, but there's a new I know, memory. I know, I know, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just Lord, saying. Internet. <laughs> it, yeah, it, but that's why it makes it's a, a good little time more to confusing. Do this. Yeah. I want no messiness. This. Everything just always smooth. The water just perfectly smooth. <laughs> Nothing like ever even, changes. I love even that with the 
5800X and the X370 backwards compatibility for Ryzen 5000 chips. It's only for X370. It's only for the high-end boards. So it, to me, if they're worried about, you know, these chips working with future upgrades, we want AM5 to have a long life like before. It makes sense to me for X670 to be DDR5 only. I'm sorry. You, I'm, you're, it's going to get messy sometimes. Yeah. That's the way it is. Well, it but sucks. I, I, Memory I think, sucks. I think it'd, Memory be, sucks. it'd be less messy if it's like, hey, you know what? AM5 across the board, DDR5 only. No, no chipset difference. Oh yeah, because I said, you know, I think that's where it's going to get messy, right? It's like, oh, it's technically AM five. I could technically put a different chip in there, but technically, it's I don't think so. I think it's it's the same thing when you know you buy a twelfth gen board and it's either DDR four or DDR five. It's clear. It says it on a box. I know, but I mean, that's the thing people don't like about the Intel thing is that they have to pick. I I know. It's just like, oh my god. It's just like, oh no. I I want to be just floating on my back in a in a (laughs) in an Icelandic lake, which is perfectly with some lilies. And then you're there, and then Apple comes by and motors by you, and you're like their jet ski, (laughs) and they're circling around you, and you're like, oh my god. I need to be on my jet ski now. How come I didn't get on a jet ski? Because you wanted perfectly pristine waters that never change, and like is so calm. Everything. No, I get it. I get it. I mean. it's just like Intel because Intel, everybody gets angry. Me too. Over like, oh my god, another new socket or this chipset is incompatible with this CPU or like this is insane. But they, you know, they move everybody along. They got everybody to PCIe five pretty quickly, right? All their new customers mm-hmm. are, on, you know, there's just so many things. The nice thing about breaking it off every two years is you're not stuck with people going. I got this seven-year-old motherboard I want a CPU for. And then, like, um, maybe you could spend mm-hmm. some money because we like money kind of thing. I, I... Okay, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, it's uh, also, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm also not convinced that uh, AM5 is coming out anytime soon either. Really? I wonder if it gets pushed. No. Uh, Why would you think know. that? I don't know. Uh-uh. I don't know. Why? What, what's your... I, it, I don't know. Thing, things, force? No, no, no. Things just feel weird. I don't know. I, I like. I, I feel the same way for for forty series. You know, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, the new Nvidia GeForce forty series is right around the corner." And I'm like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> just doesn't feel something. Uh, just, oh, something well, doesn't feel right. I mean, I mean world events. Are you yeah, saying world events? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh. it's just like sure they probably want it to come out now, but oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean that's. Nobody, you know, you who knows? You, you, you never know. So. I think we've been taught you can't bet on things being a sure bet because, you know, clearly world events take over. And if you can't get your products onto a ship and over here, then you ain't going to be able to launch it. Well, we have uh, to ask everybody who sold their 1080 Ti's and 2080 Ti's right. to make room for their 3080s yes. before it launched. Oh my God! Oh, I hope those people go like whoever gave me that advice. <laughs> uh, I remember you. <laughs> uh, well, we have a um, friend of the show, <clears throat> Skeet Sayer, says, uh, and I'm sitting here looking at my. Skeet, skeet. T- t- 2133 megahertz DDR3 RAM hearing everything Gordon is saying. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, also, yep. uh, friend of the show, Kyle, from Hard OCP TVs here. What's going on? Says uh, he predicts 4090 in Q3. I'm, I'm going to say for Q4. No way, Q3. I see in Q3. Mm. Actually, I, I can see NVIDIA dialing the launch to to maximum interfere with Intel. That's what I think it'll be. 
I think they will. I think if I were Nvidia, you go like, oh, you know, because they their business intelligence sometimes feels like they know more about when their competitors are launching than their competitors do. Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh, you got your new arc, whatever, and then they just wait and like forty, you know, forty hours later, bam, that because that's that's just always been how they play, which. I know people get angry about how competitive Nvidia is, but as an outsider observer, it's 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 really entertaining. It's no fun for Brad, but it's fun for us. <laughs> no, to talk I'm balding for a reason. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're we're done with AM five. Let's, let's switch over to some Q and A before we have to get out of here. Uh, if you have any questions, get them in the chat right now at PC World uh, so that I can see it clearly. Uh, and if you're listening or watching this later, uh, there's a link to our dis- uh, Discord in the description. Find folks over there, uh, and we have a channel for full nerd questions, uh, some of which I will read. Uh, first off, I want to get to a super chat from a friend of the show, Mike Quinton. Thank you so much. Give us $45. Thank you, thank you. Ooh. Said uh, <clears throat> It's actually multiple questions here. Uh, will DDR5 address the two-stick versus four-sticks of RAM uh, concern and why don't we discuss two versus four sticks on laptops more often? That's the first question. Uh, I guess that's two questions. Already. I mean, I guess. I mean, it gets uh, just uh, this is where you, you like you need to put out a call out to somebody like Ian. But I, you know, it's funny because I remember Ian specifically said, by the way, Doctor Ian Ketras, uh go uh, look at Tech Tech Potatoes uh, and subscribe and and like his videos. <laughs> he asked me, "Do you think?" You will you call this quad channel or dual channel? And I think at the time I said I was I was still consider calling DDR five dual channel. And it was interesting because there were times when I see some vendors wanted to call it dual channel or quad channel, but everybody seems to have settled on calling it um, dual channel, even though there are sub channels within the dims. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily solves the. I mean, I guess does it fix that? Sometimes you get down that rabbit hole of of dual rank, single rank, four dims, uh, Daisy Trace, uh, Daisy Chain topology. You know, I'm sorry, I'd probably have to sit down and think about it a lot harder because, frankly, mm-hmm. I can. My brain is at the point where I can only concentrate maybe on two things at a time now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess because you have those sub channels. Probably it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, four dim DDR5 versus, and I don't, I guess that's something we could do. DDR four dim DDR5 versus two dim DDR5 to see if there's any difference. I bet there probably isn't going to be. Mm-hmm. So, and then for laptops, you know, same deal essentially. Although, you know, DDR5 on laptops, I don't think has the same amount of sub channels as DDR, or maybe that's LP. LP5 doesn't have the same amount of sub channels as is desktop DDR5? I, again, this is something you have to like. You have to read like 15 PDFs from Micron before you. <laughs> I can re, recommit it to my brain. So, I think yeah, we're probably. I think your two channels is probably still fine though. I will even all of my AMD testing that I did for uh, 5800X3D. I did dual bank intentionally because I wanted to make that not a question versus you know like people go like oh. Dual rank, dual rank versus single rank. It's like, well, let's just let's just do dual, dual rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also said uh, you answered the next question, which is 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 two sticks better than four sticks? Kind of. Uh, and then says Gordon is right. Uh, M dot two stick of gum is awful. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know people are they absolutely insisted we have to get here. They absolutely insisted, like, and they get angry, like, like oh my god, just use M dot two. It's like. 
It's so thermally limited. It's always in the worst case. And then every motherboard maker has to cover it up with some stupid cover that you got to pull the whole damn system out of it just to get the car. It's just, I think it's just a terrible system for that we've all settled on. I don't understand why, you know, we couldn't come up with something better. U.2 would have been so much better. I find the idea of having little SSDs that you can slot into the motherboard super convenient and good for aesthetics. I like that a lot. But just the way that it's been arranged, like putting them under GPUs, I hate so much. Or worse, it's above the, the GPU. Right? Yeah, and then, I just, I, yeah, and then where they're where they're routed on the board, and it just like in some M.2s do this, and like if and it's so thermally and so power limited, it just sucks, you know. I I mean, and when you push the Gen Five SSDs on, and look at the stupid heat spreaders for Gen Four, right? And it's just, I just, but no, everybody was so absolutely like, no, we got to have M.2. This is stupid. Why Why would you do these other things? Good for small form factor. That's why I like it. And uh, what is aesthetics. So the thing that gets me is like, oh, so we're all pushing aesthetics well, now. Well, in space. So we're some other company yeah. customers that it's all about aesthetics. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a question. This is from a while ago, so I, I hold on to it from uh, Keith Wisman, Weissman. Uh, said uh, two scenarios. Would you? Uh, which is better, high cast latency and high megahertz, or lower megahertz and very low cast latency? Wait. So wait. High high megahertz and low cast. Is that what you said? No, no, no. Saying oh, w- which is better? You have high. Unfortunately, you have high latency, but you have a higher megahertz, or you have a lower megahertz. But you have a lower cast, so there's lower latency. Yeah, I which think is it, better? I think it probably just depends on the workload. It depends on the conditions you're testing, you're running. Actually, it depends on the conditions that you are doing the task you're running at, not doing some silly benchmarking like what I would do. And then also it depends on the processor. So every different CPU design has benefits for different scenarios. So I can't really answer that. I think there's certainly some scenarios where high clocks um, would benefit over low latency, and there's definitely a lot of scenarios where low latency benefits. What, what are some of those scenarios, and just examples? Well, I think most of the, the scenarios that people have tested, go look at Hub, go look at Steve's stuff, you know, generally lower latency is better for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. But e- Even if it's a slower megahertz? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely want very low low latency, and it's always been that crowd. I, what I kind of would be interested in seeing we didn't talk about it earlier but you know there's talk of amd introducing its own memory profiles expo i think and then mm-hmm. ran or ramp ryzen something and memory profile Ryzen, yeah. you know but ramp and and expo they're basically talking about coming up with their their own um actually let's see this is a uh, video cards.com Ex- amd expo. expo extended profiles for overclocking an yeah, alternative it, to XMP 3.0. AMD Expo to overclock your DDR5 memory, basically talking about AMD coming up with its own, own memory profiles for memory. Um, DDR5 and XMP, when they when Intel launched it uh, with uh, Alder Lake, remember they talked about the new XMP profiles? There would be there would be more profiles and also custom um, custom customizable profiles. So you could have your two factory profiles for XMP. As well as, you know, putting your own personal XMP profiles into the module and it identifies it's a pretty cool utility they're going to have so you can do that. You know, AMD has its own thing. What I, you know, this was actually 
introduced with Alder Lake. I don't think I've seen any testing, and I have not had any testing, uh, done any testing around it. But there were some scenarios where, how about both? So if you can, if you're running uh, uh, gaming, you you select the profile for low latency. And if you're running, say, maybe some, maybe a memory encoder favors high clock speeds, you know, with albeit higher latency, maybe then you can you can run that other profile. And there, remember, the Intel has talked about this for some time, where you can sort of pick your different profiles. You could sort of change it on scenario. I don't think that's really quite materialized yet. Although to be fair, I haven't tested it. But that would be, I think, seems like the best scenario rather than that. And then the AMD thing is, I think, a, you know, for them, it's good because. One of the problems you ran into with the original Ryzen launch was like every single mm-hmm. module maker they validated for Intel because yep. when are we going to validate for an FX part? They didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So when everybody's validating memory for one platform and your platform comes out and the XMP profile doesn't really work well with you, you're kind of at a disadvantage. So in, AMD's sort of had to have you know its own profiles to like, hey, this makes our parts run better. I would hope you don't have to buy AMD memory versus Intel memory, which has been the way sometimes it has been for 20 years. It would be cool if, like, maybe there's enough space in these new DDR5 modules for coexisting. So, yeah. I think that just just to circle back to something we were talking about earlier, like XMP getting his first upgrade since 2007, AMD rolling out Expo. Like, again, like, we're just, again, pushing technology beyond what has been the standard for decades at this point. And I just super fascinating. But, Brad, I don't want anything to change. I just want <laughs> nothing to ever change. If everything was DDR4-2133, then we would have no problems. And we just, I don't have to think about it. And if, if, why, why do we even need DDR4? DDR3. We should just stuck with that. Then, then I don't have to worry about it. Sounds like there's somebody in the chat that is. Yeah. Uh, all right. A uh, couple more good questions before we get out of here. Uh, Pedro Akura, friend of the show over on uh, Discord, asked, uh, I have a crucial P2, one terabyte right now, uh, that I got new with the store for 60 bucks. Uh, thinking of getting something like the Aorus That's PC- a great price. Yeah, thinking of getting something like the Aorus PCIe 4 that is rated at 7000 or the Samsung 890 Pro, is it worth the upgrade for gaming or is a uh, no. 2400 speed on PCIe 3 more than sufficient nowadays? No. Uh we were actually just talking about this the other day. Uh internally. Uh most people don't realize that the vast majority of the improvements that you get from moving to an SSD for gaming, you even get that from a SATA SSD. An NVMe SSD definitely gets you 95% of the way there. You really only should really, at this point, consider moving to PCIe 4, PCIe 5 SSDs, which aren't even available yet. Uh, if you're video editing or moving around huge files around your drive all day for something like that. Like when it comes to gaming, I would not look to upgrade that specifically. Uh, the only thing that I know of that might throw a wrinkle on that in the near term is uh, what's it called? Direct, direct storage, windows, Microsoft direct storage, but they have said that that will work with any NVMe drive. So that includes PCIe 3.0. So we'll have to see the particulars of that. But for right now, if you already have an NVMe drive, I would not look to upgrade because I don't think you'll feel the gaming enhancements if you get a higher speed drive. Yeah, it's actually disappointing to go from once you go from a hard drive to to a SATA drive. It's like night and day going from mm. SATA to a Gen 3 um, NVMe drive is like. You know, it's better, but, you know, it's not huge. And then as you kind of move up, it you, the diminishing returns are, are, are 
not great. I will add, though, doing storage testing is very difficult to quantify, and uh, there's actually a benchmark that's in 3D Mark that they added, which is um, specifically a, a a a gaming storage benchmark they added to it. So you can you can take it and you can run. There's like four or five different scenarios, like running you know Battlefield Five, and then one of them is copying files while playing games. One of them is is streaming while playing games. And I ran that across external storage because I kind of want to see what the difference was. Obviously, hard drive sucked. And I was kind of really, it was saddening to see like, you know, once you got to an SSD to a faster external SSD, it didn't make that much as much a difference. And clearly internal was, was, was markedly better. But if, if I'm to believe what 3D Mark's benchmark tells me, Generally, an Optane drive is actually going to give you the best performance in gaming, and that is because rip. It, yeah, and it's sad, but mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the this has the, been a lot of the the you know the guidance from Intel. I know people never trust Intel, but the the guidance has been: look, a lot of things you do on your PC are not sitting here and ripping twenty five gigs across, right? And most of it is yep. just simply it's very uh, a low IO. You're just very low IOPS. It's just that one. It just, you just don't, you basically need super fast responsiveness. And that's what Optane was really good at. Um, so in, if you actually look at the results from the 3D Mark benchmark, Optane drives actually kick everybody's butt. So, you know, believe it or not, but you know, that, that might be an interesting way to go. I don't know if that's true or not. I actually have an Optane drive in my machine at home, but my machine is so slow, I don't know if it makes any difference. <laughs> but don't upgrade. Don't upgrade for gaming. Don't yeah. upgrade to a PC. Definitely don't do it. Yeah. I don't, I think Save your money and put some RGB in your case. There we go. <laughs> you know, I would do it get for capacitors. That'll, that'll, yeah, that'll make your games go way faster. You get some RGB in there. So. I mean, I feel like that, but then sometimes it's one of those things where the entire hardware community bases things on benchmarks. And then sometimes I, you will sit down, I will sit down at a laptop with a Gen 4 drive. I swear to God, it is just so fast. Like, and it makes my stupid desktop feel slow. And then sometimes I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder if we're just really losing sight of it because we all go off our tests, our Puja bench and all this and all these different things. But sometimes just that snappiness that you're sitting there at that laptop and like, if it's these, it's like a Vlasic pickle. It's got that snap. Yeah. I mean, like these high, <laughs> high performance laptops, they really feel far snappier than any of the desktops I use, which is kind of crazy. Well, you use some old I desktops. use some old desktops, but I mean, but still, you have a, a laptop that is just like, yeah. and part of that is it's got a Gen 4 drive, it's got a CPU that pushes really, really high clocks very shortly, so I, I do wonder sometimes if that's something that people need to be excited about or should look into more than some of the, the benchmark that we, benchmarking that we do use right now. Okay, uh, we got uh, one one more deep one to get uh, to to get to before we get out of here, and then one fun one. Well, maybe fun, maybe we'll see. Uh, over on Discord, Pyro Cumulus, friend of the show, says uh, they're looking at the utilization of their GPU and CPU in a, a HW Info while running the game that they play, which is uh, DCS World. Uh, says to verify their limiting factor in performance. So they're watching HW Info. While they're playing this game, uh, max thread utilization for their CPU is bouncing around with 70 to 100 percent utilization, and about a quarter of the observations are uh, lower than 90 percent. 
uh, and the GPU utilization is pegged at 99%. In this case, should I expect any improvement in performance with a CPU upgrade? Uh, I did ask for uh, the specifications of their their hardware, and they said it's a 3900X, 64 gigs of 2666 megahertz DDR4, Gen 4 drive, and a 6800 XT at 1440p at nearly max settings. Frame rates are about 50 to 80 range, depending on variables. Hmm. Oh, they do also say uh, DCS World appears to only utilize two threads at a time, hopping between four threads with two heavily optimized at any time. So they're they're thinking of maybe jumping from a 3900X to a 5800X 3D might help them. Yeah, I just don't know if you'd really feel it, though. So I, you know, I don't know whether DCS is one of those games that never ran great on, you know, Zen, Zen 2 and older. So I don't have an opinion on that side, but clearly X3D generally is going to, it will give you better performance, whether it's really worth 450 to $600 is probably unlikely. Whereas taking that $450, selling your 6800 XT and doing something else might probably get you more, I think. Don't you think, Brad? Yeah, I missed half that question. Uh, it's raining here, and my internet is going out, so oh. I disappeared. Bye, y'all. Uh, <laughs> 14, 1440p, 6800 XT, 3800, 3900X. 3900X. 3900X, so, you know, 12-core Ryzen. Yep. But it's uh, mostly pegging two cores. Yeah, mostly pegging two cores, and then uh, also 99% of GPU utilization. So. 1440p for DCS. I so, And they're getting frame rate about 80 to 50 to 80. And they want they want to boost it up. Yeah, is the CPU the limiting factor right now? I'm I'm sure it, you would actually see improvement from a 5800 X3D. I just don't know if you can yeah. really justify it. Is my problem. So, well, if you already have a setup like that, and you are talking about upgrading either a 6800 XT or a 3900 X to get the most out of it. You clearly, this is a big hobby for you and you're looking to upgrade to make it even better. So it could very well, the 5800 X3D help you out with the GPU being pegged at 99%. I'd be concerned that I'm not sure how much of a difference upgrading the 5800 X3D will bring, but that's very game specific. And I don't know much about that game. I would think it would help smooth out the lows, though. I mean, that's one of the great things about 100%. cash. So that, if, you, if you're if you just kind of bugged by some of those lows, maybe with some of those hitches, it could help smooth that out. But I don't think you're going to go like, oh, 180 frames now because I upgraded the CPU. I the also think, other thing is like most flight simulators, which, well, I guess that's not a flight simulator. That's a shooting simulator, right? TCS? It's flight. Yeah, so it's a flight. You know, it's like a lot of driving games. You're not you're not really dependent on extremely high frame rates for a lot of things. Smoother is better, of course, but I just don't think you need kind of that, you know, very consistent 400 frames a second for most flight sims because you're not whipping your head around the way you are in a in a shooter. Yeah, like, they, they, they do link an example, I guess, um, uh, flight sim, and in flight sim there was a, a boost with a, a X3D part that, uh, who is it? I, th- I think it was... Uh, Let's see what they link to. Uh, Linus, I guess Linus yeah. did some testing on it that, that showed a benefit there. You know, I don't know how that compares to this game, but yeah, no, I mean, I, that's, I, go ahead. 
I'm looking through the DCS world. Is that the name of it? Yeah, subreddit. And the people there seem to think you should throw all your money at GPU and memory. So apparently it's very memory sensitive and GPU sensitive. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because they, yeah, they, they said they have 20, 2666 mega transfers per second DDR4. Yeah. So yeah. maybe upgrade or yeah, faster yeah. memory. Yeah. Or, you know, tweak your timings because, you know, lower latency is Ryzen generally loves lower latency than high clock. So that mm. might be worth it. But yeah, that's, that's a little low for Ryzen. It feels like, especially 3000 where they didn't have those real initial issues so uh, i would think yeah there's definitely there's gains to be made from you know messing with memory possibly going to higher clock memory but it's the same boat though is it is it really going to improve it that much would you really pay 250 dollars to to get a slight improvement in frame rates i that's hard to justify I would almost like rather do the Ryzen uh, 50, the X3D over that because it is that the crazy thing about the Ryzen uh, is you don't that X3D part you don't know sometimes you're like yeah it's you know ten percent faster than the 5800 and sometimes like, oh sometimes it's forty percent faster you don't I don't know about that particular tile so yeah. also I I the I I should have asked for follow up but if you're thinking they're already buying into a 3900X they need the cores for something right maybe so maybe I don't know I would like. I, I mean, a lot of people just simply because, because they were just so used to, oh, my God, I, you can't get more than four cores. Suddenly people went crazy when you get like, I can get 12 cores. I think a lot of people overbought sure. with it. I'm one of those people. You're just like, what the hell am I doing with an 18 core CPU? Mm-hmm. Like, what? 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 I'm not, I mean, I can tell you nothing. But, you know, like Absolutely the whole idea. nothing. It's just people just get like jazzed by the whole idea because you could never have it before. And then yeah. you, you could get it. So I, I would say. Also, I bet he doesn't need the, or she need the. Uh, good point from Pseudo uh, in the YouTube chat says try lowering the resolution to 1080p. If your FPS doesn't increase, it's the CPU that's the bottleneck. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll increase though. So yeah. <laughs> so looking, I'm still looking through the DCS subreddit, and apparently the game is known for being kind of janky, no matter what hardware you have. You know, it might be one of those things that simply runs better on Intel, too. I mean, you can't. There are games that have long run better on Intel MA, so something you could think about, too. If that means throwing everything away, that would suck, but, you know, it is possible. I don't think with what you're getting, though, it's it's worth it, so there's just all... I'm sure there's a lot of people there that are have advice on what to run that particular game better at but honestly it sounds like you're doing pretty good yeah so but i mean would you really replace the 6800 xt now i'm like i would i would wait i would definitely i would wait that's the other sucky part is like you would think going to a 6900 xt would help but i mean that's a a lot of money (laughs) yeah i think yeah (laughs) well but could i mean can you can you still make money on selling the older 6800 XT? Yes. <laughs> okay. But not enough probably to cover a 6900 XT. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, last question comes in from the Cobra uh, with a K. It says, uh, thoughts on Elon Musk buying Twitter? <laughs> Whatever. I'll still be on it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Of, I mean, you know, 
I'm trying to think of like actually I came up with like other lists of other things billionaires could buy this morning and fix. <laughs> <laughs> like cuz I mean clearly that's the best thing about being a billionaire is like I don't like the color of this button. Well what do I do? I you could buy it. It's like that would be 50 billion dollars, sir. I We'll buy it and then make them change this button. I don't like it on the UI. Okay. And like there's definitely things like I don't know if this happened or not, but it, did a billionaire buy McDonald's and make them sell the sausage McMuffin and egg all day? I can just imagine, like, maybe Jeff Bezos is driving through the, the drive-thru and was like, yeah, I'd like the, I would like a sausage McMuffin with egg. It's like, it's 10.05, sir. It's like, it's only five minutes. You still got them, right? Like, you didn't throw them all away. You must still have one somewhere on there. Sorry. No, so breakfast is over. It's you know Jeff Bezos probably went out and it's like buy McDonald's and then make them have the sausage McMuffin all day. So just make your list of all the things you want billionaires to fix. That just kind of irks. Well, what 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 do you what do you want? What what's uh, somebody in the chat? Don Draper, friend of the show. Don Draper says uh, uh they they hope a millionaire buys and fixes the USB standard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you could. I think the thing to do is, is you would, you, so you would fix broken things on the PC that irk us. And the only way you could do that is because you have to make it like the businesses will be like, well, there's no way we could ever make everybody have DDR5 or we, we can't drop this because no, you know, there's too many people that just can't do it. Well, what if I subsidize people who buy? So like we could help move the bottom end of the PC market up a few notches. And then everybody's like, you can throw things away. Like, I don't want to throw USB-A away because there's just so many things that have USB-A. But maybe if I got like some kind of uh, subsidy so that I could replace all of my USB-A equipment with USB-C, we could throw away our, our USB-As. We could, we could throw our analog headset jacks because, you know, uh, <laughs> I get money from either Elon or, or Jeff Bezos or I don't – maybe Bill Gates could put some money into that and then we fix it. <laughs> What are the other things that burk you? Uh, eternal Bluetooth du- dropouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, DVI. I'm so sad about it mm. because I have so many DVI monitors. It just kills me. Just because- bring DVI back? <laughs> well, no. I think what they would do is they would pay to replace all my DVI monitors with better monitors. <laughs> I don't know if that's he- fixing it. But- that's fixing it. <laughs> that's, just, that's just being your sugar daddy. <laughs> no, that's just you're a billionaire. You have unlimited wealth, and you just like... <laughs> I think everything that bothers you, they can fix. So we just need to have a, a GoFundMe or maybe just a poll thing, a change, change.org. Like, what else? What are the things that uh, just bug it, the hell out of people? Eternal Duoa says, uh, how about the, the Windows, the Microsoft Store on, on Windows? Yeah. Ooh, so there they ain't would, no amount of money they can fix that. Well, no, because then you just like, you know, a lot of, de- well, here, here's, here's, okay. If I'm Elon Musk, and by the way, I'm going to work for Elon Musk as a as a financial advisor, like oh, Gordon. Long, last day with P- PC World. Yeah, no, it's like, true. I'm starting there tomorrow. He's like, oh, what's my job? It's like, your job is just to tell me what kind of things just to fix. Because I got money. I got so much money, <laughs> I can't burn it fast enough. What can I fix that just, just pisses people off? And like, I would say, well, for the PC... We everybody's got eight cores, they got 12 cores, they got 16 cores. But these game developers, they don't use these cores. They're like, oh, we're not going to use all those cores because you look at all these people, everybody's still rolling like, you know, dual cores, quad cores. Most of the world is running, you know, uh, quad core, dual core with integrated graphics. We, We can't bring the bottom up 
So I would then have Elon spend all the money to pay all developers to up- optimize all the code for uh, eight cores and up, and also uh, buy GPUs for everybody that has IGP. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about <laughs> you? Get a Steam Deck. And you get a Steam Deck. Uh, yeah, Elon getting into making games. So, uh, what about? Um uh dej915 says uh how about uh pay pay game devs to make games for the mac eh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no because i mean he could like really you could there's just like let's just face it there's like you want to talk about does he have enough to buy apple I mean, that would be trillions of dollars, but like... I have no idea. I could see somebody like, you know what? We're just going to go to USB-C. Like the Lightning... <laughs> I had no idea. Do you know Lightning is only USB... It's USB 2? Really? Yeah, I, I was like, that, that can't be right. I was just reading some comment because I actually like the Lightning connector in some ways. I got a lot of Lightning connectors for my kids for chargers, but I can't believe it's USB 2. That's just ridiculous. And the only reason is sometimes you do have to back up. If you're backing up 128, 256, a one terabyte iPhone using a USB 2.0 connection, that's like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I, I searched for uh, how much is Elon Musk worth? It says uh, $290 billion. Yeah. So that's like chump change. And then, yeah. Apple's like, a- yeah, a- Apple it. is uh, 2.8 trillion. Yeah. So. No, that would be. Although maybe just enough for controlling interest. Could you imagine in the board meeting, mm-hmm. Elon Musk would be in there like, yeah, so we want to talk about entertaining this. We're going to have this deal with, you know, McDonald's or some other like, oh, I would like to bring up lightning connector. What? That's not. Our- <laughs> yeah, that thing pisses me off. Everything is USB-C and I go to plug in lightning and it's just like, can we just do that? Like, that's that's like Tim Cook's job or something. No, no. Make it so. Make him do that. Jihad <laughs> uh, Joe says uh, it's it's clash. Cash for clunkers, uh, but for old PCs. I like that. Yeah, cash for clunkers. Uh, and Eek44, a uh, friend of the show, Eek44, gave us a 45 Danish krone. Thank you so much. Said, uh, do the Mac HP on the back only for your USB 2. Singing a song there. I like it. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess there's nothing else out there in, in the chat that people want Elon Musk to, to fix. So, actually, I don't want him to fix anything. He needs to go fix himself. It's not just him. It's just super rich people. Like, super rich people, they're bored. So I know, but, but there is a difference between, oh, what would you want Elon to buy and fix and anybody no, else rich? he would be going off what we... And then the thing, the whole point of it is just like, super rich people, I feel bad for them. They got so much money. Like, I don't know what I can do with two super yachts. I got nothing to do. Can we, like, join them together with the bridge? It's like, that seems kind of... Just do it anyway. So bad. But, like, so look, bad. we can put their money to good use. Uh, making, optimizing games for all, buying discrete graphics for everybody, uh, cash for clunkers for PCs, <laughs> putting the USB-C on the iPhone. I mean, that's what we... <laughs> uh, yeah. SLI, bring back SLI. Yes, SLI yachts. I like that. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well... That's fun. That's been our show. That's that's. I like. Today. I like. Now I'm picturing Jensen having two super yachts, and he has a bridge between them that he calls the Envy Link. And I love it. <laughs> but it would look exactly like an Envy Link from the. It's just like like a helicopter, just like lowers it into place. Or maybe that's where the helicopter lands, like on the on the SLI bridge. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, that's it. That's it for today. I'm done. I'm hungry.
All right. Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also, if you're on one of the services, please leave a review. Every time you do, a multi-multi-billionaire decides to fix something in the PC ecosystem just because they're so great. Send questions and comments to thefullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Have a fantastic Tuesday, y'all. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the all switch. Uh, uh, Black Betty by Ram Jam. It's a good, good song. Yeah, Ram. It's a rambling ding dong. Anyway, thank you. See everybody. Bye. Oh, nope. Wrong button. That one. <laughs>